This is Agents Influence Podcast. This is one of the big parts here. The roles of the producer and the CSR are merging. Let me say that again. The roles of the producer and the CSR are merging. I want you to know, I don't think that's a good idea. They say that they surveyed said that they see the responsibilities of producers and CSRs merging into an account executive or account manager roles. Those are not sales roles, folks. We're starting to understand here that if they say that the CSRs and the producers are merging, then who's who's really true to the producer? I'm Jason Cass, and we're going to help you think differently. Change your agency. Change your finances. Change your family. Loyal listeners, I'm back again with Agents Influence Podcast. How are you out there today? I'm telling you what, I don't know when you're listening to this, but fall is in the air. One of my favorite times of the year, and I I really love fall for all the reasons you do. The leaves are falling, that nice crisp feeling in the air, but fall also symbolizes something, you know? Fall symbolizes basically our reaping of what we've sowed. You know, we start the year in January and we have these goals, we have our missions, we have our outlook for what we wanted to accomplish in 2017. And you know, and then spring comes where you've got that newness and and everything's new and starting off and growing. And then in the summer, you know, they call it the dog days of summer, but I guess it's just getting through it, which happens to do be with the dog days, but it happens to be nurturing all the stuff that you've kind of decided you want to do, you've planted, you're starting to grow it. But then in the fall, this is where we actually get to reap what we sowed earlier in the year. So this is really awesome because this is the second part of the reaping and sowing. So everything that we've worked hard for, it's now time to start kind of looking back and saying, did we do what we wanted to do? And, uh, you know, I, I just think that fall is, is symbolic for just that. But I think it should be symbolic for your agency and the things that you've wanted to do in your business life for you personally, but also for your business. I just love fall. I know you do loyal listeners out there too. The only bad thing about fall is the next season, which is winter. And I know some of you out there are like, oh, Jason, I love winter. I love the snow. God love you because I don't think there's a lot of people that agree with you. Um, I just, you know, I got to get through it. If it wasn't for Netflix and Hulu, I don't, I don't know what I'd do, basically. But that's that's what I do, Netflix and Hulu. And if you want to tell me what you do uh, to pass this time, I mean, I, I really don't know. I mean, what do you loyal listeners think out there about winter? I mean... Yeah, that's 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 kind of what I anticipated, and and you know it's once again I'm a boat guy. I like to I like to to camp, and I mean I just yeah. Thank you, thank you. I knew you'd agree with that as well. 
and I'm just kind of a, a guy who likes to be outdoors. And so, you know, winter is just, it's a tough time of year. But guys, let's get into what I've got going for us today because what we're going to talk about is, first of all, I'm really excited because literally in 10 days uh, is going to be Grow uh, Grow Lab, and it's awesome. And I'm not going to talk about it anymore because I've been talking about it for nine months. And if you're coming, you know how excited you are and how excited we all are at the Mastermind because that's what Grow Lab is. It's really just a mastermind meeting, a face-to-face mastermind meeting where we invite other people. Um, and it's going to be a good time. But today, what I want to talk about and take up all of the time for the podcast is going to be the Safeco Report. There was a Safeco Report that came out uh, uh, recently and the report is called Safeco Report, ironically enough, what it takes to be an agent for the future, not an agent of the future, but an agent for the future. Um, I thought that there's a, there's a very big difference there. There's a big, big difference. Now, in this, uh, in this report, they targeted 600 independent agents around the country. And if you've known, if you've done, if you've listened to the Chuck Blondino podcast that I did back in, I don't know, 2014, uh, 2015, and then I did it again, I believe, in 2016, where they surveyed 900 agencies uh, um, randomly, and they really decided what was the agencies doing that were the best, uh, that were growing the most, the ones that had the most touches, the one that had the best retention, um, the ones that weren't growing. It was a scatter of once again, 900 agencies. And I really truly believe that that podcast still is probably one of my top favorite, um, both of them, because it gives you a good insight to when you start aligning up growth and retention, you can really kind of put it side by side with all of the touches and the hiring of producers and the customer experiences that are being created um, by the agencies. The ones who are not creating and not investing in those types of things are the ones that are not growing and not retaining. It seems like common sense, right? But the thing is, is you would not believe how many agents don't kind of understand and correlate the, the, the I don't want to say the two, want to correlate the many with the other many things that these agents are doing. And really, when you look at it, it's not really rocket science. Billy, uh, uh, Billy Williams says it a lot that really when it comes to growing an agency, um, prospecting an agency, retaining uh, an agency, it's really, really not rocket science. The rocket science of it is the discipline. But in this report that Safeco did, they surveyed these 600 independent agents. And I was really reading this this morning. And I got another podcast that I'm going to do here um, on uh, non-standard business on and on the phone matrix of your phone system. And what I wanted to do first, though, is I kind of put that aside and said, you know what, let's do this Safeco report because I was reading this and I really thought to myself, I mean, true life, you know, all, I mean, completely transparent to you. It's Saturday morning at about 10.51. I read this report this morning at around 6.30. And then I read it again around 8. And as I started to read it, I started like thinking to myself, like, there's some good stuff in here. And then I started thinking to myself as well that there's some actually eye-opening stuff in here. And then I read it again and I thought, there's some really business industry changing insight in here. 
And so that's what we're going to go through. And I've got this this report here. I I actually printed it out. You know what's also funny about this is let's see. This is 13 pages long. Um, but but here was an amazing thing is when I got to my office because that's what I did. I thought to myself, I'm going to go make a podcast right now about this. Why this stuff is fresh in my mind. I'm going to get it out to the loyal listeners because that's what you deserve. And I and I and as I came here, I thought to myself, you know, to make some notes on this. So I've been sitting here for about 30 minutes making notes. I thought to make some notes on this, I'm gonna need to print it out. And when I went to print it out, like it was so funny because. As I went to print it out, I mean, I knew how to print out a PDF and stuff, but as it was asking me like what printer to use in my office, since we have many, I was kind of thinking to myself like, what printer do I use? And I really started thinking to myself like, I don't ever print anything. Have you really thought about that? Like in your agency? Like, I'm going to be honest. I bet you, this is a complete guess, but I'm willing to bet you I haven't printed something in over two weeks. I, at least two weeks. And then I started thinking to myself, like the, the boxes that we use of paper. I think I've only bought like one box that has all the reams of paper in it. I think I bought it like two months ago and I can't even remember the last time that I had bought a box before that. And then I went in here and looked and there's, there's 10 reams, five on each side and we have only used one ream. And then when I opened up the printer, because uh, or the printer uh, paper holder, like it was still full pretty much. And then sitting aside of it is is half of that ream that we used to load in there. And I'm thinking to myself, we just don't print much. You know what's amazing is that here's how the world has changed. We used to use these things for the paper to come out of but now we use these things to put the paper into, meaning we scan, but we're not printing. Really thought about that? Probably haven't, that's cool. Now you have, and that's the reason why hopefully you listen to this podcast, I try to keep these things off. Now here's what it said here. It said agents target 2020, and it said it's often said that we see more, that we're gonna see more change in the industry in the next five years than we saw in the last 25. I've been hearing that for a while, and I really don't buy into that, because I think the last five years, we have seen more growth than we have in the last 25 years. I think we're gonna see the same thing again. So yes, I will agree, but the last three to four years, the industry has been behind for a long time. We know this, right? But I'm gonna give a little bit credit to the industry, because I'm giving credit to you, to the loyal listeners, to podcasts like this, to podcasts like Agency Nation Radio with Ryan Hanley, um, uh, the the uh, insurance in your words, these type of podcasts and platforms and LinkedIn and these groups that are out there, um, they have helped elevate and speed up the change that's needed. And I'll also give big props to the millennials for that as well. But the thing is, is that in the next five years, we'll see more than we saw in the last 25. So we'll agree with it, but I think it's a little exaggerated. But here's some key things that they said, how agent roles and business priorities are evolving. This was the Safeco, this was the uh, focus. Uh, the impact of customer habits and expectations on agency operations. The effect and trends of employees as new customer recruitment and in retention. And how technology is altering both day-to-day business and long-term growth potential. 
Now out of these, which I think was mind blowing, and I think you're gonna like this spin that I'm gonna put on this, is how the agent roles and business priorities are evolving. And this right here, in my opinion, is game time. This right here is if you understand what I'm gonna talk about here, not only will your agency be here in five to 10 years, it will be the most successful agency. I'm gonna tell you this right now, business is getting easier if you're a producer that understands what this report says. Okay, really is, real, 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 real big here. What it, what was under, another thing is, is it says that there's a big shift in priorities which I thought was was very interesting. And they were talking about how there was a big shift in priorities towards more of the customer service aspect, customer experience aspect of what agents are thinking. That right there, that's part of the good news. The nation's independent agents say they recognize that ensure long-term agency growth, it can no longer be business as usual. Now we know that, right? We, we know that, that's that's common sense. But I think the business, the part that should be business as usual is what we're all getting away from. And I ask you to keep that, keep that part. Well, Jason, what is that part? Just, just hang on, okay? We've, we've only been in this 11 minutes. So just, just hang on here, okay? Now, another thing that I thought was, it said the state of the independent agent for 2017, it said according to this survey, 75% of agencies have under 50,000 in revenue, or excuse me, 500,000 in revenue, and between three to four employees. 75% of agencies, not just for this study, not just for this study, that, because I'm gonna get to those in the, at the very end, because it is kind of amazing as I want you to hear all these stats, and then I wanna show you the actual demographics and the dynamics of who is actually answering these. But according to the study, 75% of agencies have under 500,000 in revenue and between three to four employees. So if that's you, you're 75% of the industry, okay? If you're, if you're under those or within those for the employees. So really, really thought that that was crazy because I had always heard that it was around 50 to 60% were 300,000 or less. So, uh, so kind of falls in line there. Now, here we go. This is one of the big parts here. The roles of the producer and the CSR are merging. Let me say that again. The roles of the producer and the CSR are merging. I want you to know, I don't think that's a good idea. I almost think you can directly correlate the fact that people don't like to get off their arse and sell. That's a problem. That's a problem. But here's the deal, anytime there's a big disruption or there's a big problem like that, those who see it the opposite way, there's a great potential for you to capitalize on that. So what was amazing was is that they said here that recognizing that the independent agents wear many hats, we were curious about how the roles of the CSRs and the producers might be involving. They say that they surveyed said that they see the responsibilities of producers and CSRs merging into an account executive or account manager roles. Those are not sales roles, folks. Those are not sales roles. We're starting to understand here that if they say that the CSRs and the producers are merging, then then then, then who then who's who's really true to the producer, okay? 
So some of the agents surveyed believe that it may be in part because technology has taken some of the mundane tasks, freeing both the CSRs and producers. No, 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 no. The mundane tasks that have been freed are the CSRs, not the producers. Okay, technology cannot free a producer from what they need to do to be successful. They can do some of the little things, but not the main things. CSRs, technology can help the CSR dramatically. Technology can help the producers, but not dramatically. That's 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 cast dog. That's cast dog's input there. Okay, agents report that 37% of CSRs write a lot of new business and that 43% of producers provide a lot of customer service to the customers. That's called being lazy, folks. The CSRs are producing more business and the producers are actually servicing more clients. So what that's saying is, is the producers don't know how or don't want to get off their butt and get out there and sell so the CSRs are having to do that. And because the producers don't want to get off their butt and sell, they're now also becoming the servicing. There's one thing that still holds true in this industry, folks, and that is you can't make money behind your desk. You can't. You can't. I'm talking producers. CSRs can when they're upselling and cross-selling. CSRs can when they're selling accounts. But producers' job is to be out there. Now here's the problem t- that I see with this is that we believe that this passive marketing techniques of blogging and LinkedIn ads and Facebook ads is going to make us a lot of money. If you want to make 60 to $70,000 a year, write your blogs and answer the phones that come in and be reactive. If that's what you want to do, if that if that if that makes you feel good, but I really think that people, I mean, I just think that, 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 that agents, producers are becoming lazy. I also blame it on the older generation by saying, by not becoming mentored enough, not into sales training. So as the agencies I go into, it is night and day. You can see who's making it. I see producers, the producers that sit in their office and they write blogs or they make little videos and they put them on their Facebook and their LinkedIn and, and you know, and they'll get to their Instagram and every once in a while they might go to the rotary, you know, and they're like, oh yeah, man, I left the office for today. Those guys aren't, are, are, those, those people, when I say guys, I'm speaking women and men, they're not making the money. They're not. Don't let them fool you. They're not. There's no way that you can sit in your office and write blogs and say that you have business that you're producing. I'm just sorry, you're not. Should you be writing blogs? Should you be doing Facebook ads? Should you be doing LinkedIn ads? Should you be trying to optimize your your website for SEO? Absolutely. Anybody that's listened to this podcast for the last year, three years, five years knows that I am strong proponent of that. But you'll also notice that I'm not as big a strong proponent as as I was in the past. Not because I don't believe in it. I still believe in it. It's just that today the consumer is being bombarded with people trying to give and trying to get them online. The number one way you can argue with me all you want if that makes you feel good. Okay, you shouldn't lie to other people and you shouldn't lie to yourself. 
but I'm telling you the number one way that you can get business is picking up the phone and calling people. The number one way you can get business is to put your shoes on, walk out the door, and start knocking on people's door. Getting in your car, pulling up to businesses, and saying, hey, I want to help you. That's the number one way. And then the other problem we have is that a lot of agents listening right now are like, well, that's commercial lines. Folks, 80 over 80% of our industry writes per business insurance. If you want to write personal lines, I guess you can sit in the office, but no wonder you don't want to make any calls. I, I don't even like cold calling if I'm going to be calling um, somebody. And there's no one saying that you also need to be calling. You could be outsourcing that. I just see a huge problem with the roles in 2017. 73% of agencies under 2.5 million agree the roles are merging. 64% of agencies over 2.5 million in revenue agree that the roles are merging. That doesn't mean that it's right. It means that they are. And I'm be honest with you. I'm not going to blame millennials or anything like that. I'm just going to say we have this culture. We have lost the culture of sales when it comes into our our uh, our our industry. Now listen to this. I even posted inside of the mastermind the other day. I said uh, I did this little poll and I said, "What are you looking forward to the most?" But when you come to Grow Lab, it was uh, it was um, uh, uh, office workflows procedures. Uh, there was sales and then there was marketing and there was like two or three other ones. What I found amazing, and I actually thought, thought this was good, was that there was only a few people that has chose as being marketing as the reason why they were actually going. The number one, just so you know, was agency workflows and procedures. These agents want to learn about it. That, that doesn't surprise me. That's because the mastermind and the people coming to Grow Lab are like high-level agents who are trying to maximize. They're the proactive ones who are actually out there trying to get it and get it done. So that doesn't surprise me. What did surprise me was that no one, not one, no one in the mastermind, not one, chose or selected sales. I don't think it's because they don't want sales training. I just think that if they get sales training, it makes them feel guilty when they don't go back and apply it. It's easy to apply processes and workflows, and it's actually important to create the customer experience, but it also allows them to say, well, that's something I'm doing every day. Folks, there's nothing more important in your agency than prospecting. There's nothing. If you don't prospect, you're not going to have business. Well, Jason, we don't prospect much and we get business. Folks, you're, you're not getting the business that you should be. You're probably, and just be honest, think of your, think of your income. You're making seventy dollars to $100,000 a year. Well, Jason, that's great. That is great. That's like twice the medium household income. No, no doubt that's awesome. But like to be in the insurance industry, you should be writing like forty to $70,000 in new business if you've been in this industry more than three years. You should be writing that in income a year. So that tells me that if you write $50,000 in new business income and you've been in the business, let's say, 10 years, that means that you should have a book of business around, you know, with retention, 400 to 450,000. And then you're making, let's say, roughly around 30 to 40% renewals. 
So that tells me right there that you're making a hundred to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and then plus your new business coming off the fifty thousand, you should be up around one hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand dollars a year. You you really should. Now me personally, I'm not that high either. I'm like at one forty. Okay, so one hundred and forty. About 130, I think I was like at, I don't know, 128 or 130 last year, and now I'm up to about 140. So that that's where I'm at. But keep in mind also that two things, I'm not making excuses, but I lost like 200,000 in revenue in 2012 and 2013 when the work comp uh, railroad market, uh, work the work comp market for the railroad industry pulled out. Literally in 18 months, I like like 200,000 in revenue. Not to mention, I also run an agency, okay? So if I'm able to do this, this is what you should be doing. I know that for a fact that's what Travis is doing. I know for a fact that the business that I'm consulting right now um, is in North Carolina, that's what those producers are doing. Because you know why? Because they're prospecting. And I'm gonna tell you what right now, whenever I'm speaking with an agency, I am always trying to separate the service work from the producer. These agencies right here are going in the wrong direction, the ones that they surveyed. They're going in the wrong direction. And ironically enough, um, almost three quarters of them, remember that 80-20 rule? Three quarters of them are saying that their mole, their their roles of their agents and uh, CSRs are combining. That tells me that the other 20%, they're the ones who are the successful that are realizing, no, no, it's not. Technology is actually helping our customer service reps cross-sell and upsell more but they're allowing our producers to find more prospects to sell to. That's what technology's doing. Don't think of it the other way around. And see, sometimes we listen to this and people email me and they say, Jason, I just learned so much from your podcast. Every day there's always something. I appreciate it. That's what it's for. But I'm also here to try and help push you and motivate you and not let you get into the mundane cycle of listening to what other agents are saying they're doing and, and judging yourself based on their success. Don't do that. Don't do that. Because 80% of them see the roles merging. Don't see the roles merging. Keep them separate, and I promise you, you're going to take a, you're going to take advantage of something that's going to be very critical as we go forward. Really, really huge. I'll move on a little bit. There's even a, a, a quote in here: "As CSRs grow and learn to do better." This is from an agency owner. A quote: "As CSRs grow and learn to do better job of account rounding and cross selling, that they blur the lines. As more as more marketing is being done by the agency producers." are becoming more like CSRs and not doing the traditional selling and prospecting. Folks, let me tell you, do not fool yourself. The traditional selling and prospecting is what is going to carry you into the future. What did he just say? Let me say it again. The traditional selling and prospecting is what's going to carry you into the future. Now, you need to go back and you need to listen to Billy Williams' um, How to Make $100,000 in Your First Year. And he gives the five types of prospects that are out there and the eight campaigns that you run to them. You've heard me speak about this a lot. The fact is, is just like Billy says, and just like every big dog will tell you, that literally 20 to 50% of their day is spent prospecting. That is the truth, folks. I will tell you this. You could be the worst salesperson in the world. And if you prospect a lot, you'll be the most successful. I promise you. 
I, I absolutely promise you. Let me give you an example. What if you have a closing rate of 50% because you're an awesome salesperson and you call 10 people a day? Or you have a 25% closing ratio and you call 100 people a day? See? See there? Less closing ratio, selling more people because you got more people in your pipeline. It's a numbers game, folks. And for all you don't don't think it's a numbers game, you got to think again. And I would question what your income looks like versus everybody else's. Seriously, I'm just saying this, guys. I'm not I'm trying to be rude or anything like that. And so I just thought that that was really, really interesting. Tradition selling and prospecting, folks, is where it's at. It's where it is. Now, once again, should you be doing the, the more modern stuff of the videos and the blogs? Yes, 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 because that consumer is out there. Plus, there's people out there just trying to find information. Maybe they're not always just trying to buy insurance. They just want to go out there and find about out about stuff. You need to be there to where they can find you. You need to be creating and building that brand. Yes. But don't think that that's not important. It is still the most important thing you can do today is to be prospecting and selling, like being in front of people. That's it. Promise you. So, um, well, here was the the infer, and here are some things. A current level of comfort. Uh, this was very comfortable versus somewhat comfortable. Um, there was the this is will be the increased importance since thirty percent of all agents expect that the sharing economy will have a major effect by 2020. They talk about the sharing economy a lot in this report. And let me just read to you. The sharing economy, is they say, is an umbrella term. This is off of Wikipedia, um, which is a range of meanings, often used to describe economic and social activity involving online transactions. Originally growing out of the open source community to refer to -to peer-to-peer based sharing of access to goods and services. The term is now sometimes used in a broader sense to describe any sales transactions that are done via online marketplaces, even ones that are business to business rather than peer to peer. Okay. Now it does say here, for this reason, the term sharing economy has been criticized as misleading. Some arguing that even these services that enable peer to peer exchanges can primarily can be primarily profit driven. So that's what the sharing economy is. And do not get me wrong, I think the sharing economy is important. I really truly do. But I have to let you know, we can sit here and do Facebook ads all day and LinkedIn ads and we get a lot of good good leads off of those. But I want you to know that when I pick up the phone or now we actually hired a, a telemarketing company that's outsourcing the calls, when we do that, we get more leads and more X dates that way than anything. When we get more leads and more X dates, we're in front of more people and we're closing more business. There is, there's no ifs, ands, buts about it. You can go around and around and around and around. And it's really funny because a lot of the people who have always said that that writing blogs and doing Facebook advertising and, and all the all this stuff that you heard people tell you you need to do for the last three or four years, it's really funny they're not agents anymore. They go on to be marketers or they go to join the company side. Huh. Wonder how that uh, why that's why that's happening. Uh, current level of comfort. Uh, 67% of the people versus 25% not say that they're e-signing documents. 67% say they're very comfortable with it. And 25% said they're somewhat comfortable with it. Wow. Um, 
Telematics, 41% say they're very comfortable with it. 38% said they're somewhat comfortable with it. Gap coverage for rideshare and home share, 32% said they're comfortable with it. 42% said they're not cover, uh, comfortable with it. Thought that was really, really interesting. And now here was some other things that, that was really, really crazy because understand that some agents expressed appropriate concerns about customers making unwise changes to their coverages without professional guidance. However, customers can take care of many routine activities online, such as checking policy details, printing ID cards, and paying their bills. So what it, what's funny is, is the need to embrace online account management. 40% are comfortable. 38% are somewhat comfortable, 14% are not comfortable, and 8% don't want to offer it at all. Now what's so funny is, is that we have these, we sit, it's showing earlier by these agents are saying that their producers are are servicing more, uh, and but yet they're also comfortable with them being on, 78% uh, of them are basically comfortable with them doing their own online account management. Listen, you can't have both, okay? You can't have both. You can't say, hey, my producers are becoming better in customer service, but yet 78% of us are saying, we need a, a, the we embrace the online account management to allow them to make their own changes. You can't have both there, folks. Okay, you can't. So basically, what we've learned so far is that CSRs are starting to do more jobs than just service. They're starting to actually quote and sell more. The producers are actually doing more service, but yet the companies feel as if into the future they need to embrace online account management. What is the producer doing? I mean, what is the producer doing? Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, AK Agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about nationwide brokerage solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. This is ripe for opportunity, loyal listeners. If you're a producer and you're a rock and roller and you're out there prospecting every day, you are going to be so successful in the future, it is absolutely ridiculous. I'm telling you, I promise, I'm telling you, it's all over this report. I mean, it's just, it's it, I, it's just like the sun. I couldn't even look at it sometimes. I was like, wow, I'm excited about this because I prospect, I train agents to prospect. And, 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 what, and that just tells me right there we're going to be successful because everybody else is going to be sitting in their office saying they're doing customer service, but yet they're providing online means for their customers to be servicing themselves. What? What? I got so many notes here, but I don't want to sit here and say all this. So they're talking about they're talking about more than half of the agents surveyed indicated their agencies have hired new producers, service, and support staff in the last two years, and more than half of those positions are filled by millennials. Now I I do want to say that I'm starting to realize I'm I'm interested in how the millennial in, that is coming into this industry is going to burst who they are now, what they're going to look like in ten years. I'm really curious about that. 
because I think a lot of these not wanting to get off, not wanting to go outside of the agency. That doesn't mean that they're that they're lazy. That's don't, please don't understand, uh, misunderstand me there. They're they're. I'm not saying that agents that don't want to get off their butt and leave, that means they're lazy. I'm just telling them they can't be as successful sitting behind a desk selling as somebody who actually goes out there in the world and talks to people. I promise you that. And so I'm really worried about that because I think some of the millennials, I think they've got, they they love to use technology, but I don't think that they understand that if a millennial right now, according to them, the highest, the oldest of the millennials is 36, that tells me that more than half of the other uh, years, let's say that the life expectancy is 75, that means those who are not a millennial, which is more than half of the population, actually, they say... Yes, is more than half of the population, let's say by age, those people are still likely to want to talk to somebody. A perfect example, um, one of my friends, and I'm just going to admit this because we're transparent here. One of my friends, who's actually a very good friend of mine, I actually go to Vegas with him um, every couple of years and just as a guy thing and, and a bunch of us guys. And this is like one of my really good friends. He actually just moved his insurance from me and he didn't even call me. He, he went and bought a new house. He texts me and says, hey, I'm getting quotes on my new home. Would you like to insure? Would you like to give me a quote? This is really what he said to me. I'm like, are you kidding me? I So I, I hit him up. You know, I call him. I said, dude, I'm your insurance agent. He's like, I know, but I just want to get other quotes. I'm fine with that, but I'm your insurance agent. Okay. I'm your advisor. I'm the guy who's taking care of you. You know, I'm the guy who helps you understand the other quotes you have. You would think that you would let me know, first of all, that you're buying a new house, but he didn't. And then when he bought the house, we gave him this quote. Oh my goodness. We cut his coverages. It really made Sarah really upset. Not only just because he just left, but the fact was, it's like we saved him so much money on his new exposure and he moved to a new town and the rates were a lot less for his auto. It was ridiculous how much money we saved him. And then he doesn't even call us and tell us that he's actually moving. I get and I get the, the signed loss um, cancellations from the other agent. And I, and I text him and I said, are you kidding me? Like, you're not even going to call me? Check this out. The next day, a lady who is actually a mother of one of my friends, she's in her upper 60s, she calls me and says, Jason, I want to let you know, I'm getting a quote from State Farm because they called me and they're going to call me back with this quote. And before they do, I wanted to let you know and I wanted you to actually go over my coverages with me to make sure that they're the same. I said, that's completely fine. She gets off the phone. She calls me back two hours later. She tells, shows me everything. She's like, here's their, what they're quoting me. Is this the same from what I have? She even has a copy of her policy right there that we have with her with Nationwide and we're going side by side through it and they did they quoted pretty much apples to apples I know we're not in the fruit business but they did and so we're going through this and I said hey let us see if we've got anything else for you we went out there we quoted it we actually did find something better for her and then we went to her and what was funny is, is she says Jason I hope you didn't think that I was ever going to leave or move you without at least talking to you One of them's 38 and is my good friend. The other, she's in her high 60s. That's the difference of the generations today. That's the difference of the generations today. Very, very, very important. We got to start learning some stuff about that. It doesn't even matter if they're your friends. I mean, it's pretty amazing. 
So we talked about it talks about producers and 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 this is and this is really the big news, okay? So the growth mindset, how agents want to spend their time now and in 2020. Um, here's what it says. So so we're going to read the first ones now and then how they want to spend their time in 2020. Um, retaining clients. 23% of them want to spend their time retaining clients and 15% of them want to spend their time retaining clients in 2020. So they're basically saying like we want to spend less time retaining our clients. The business that stays is the business that pays. Don't ever forget that folks. Responding to service needs. 21% of them spend their time now servicing uh, or responding to servicing needs and 10% of them in 2020 want to spend their time service or responding to service needs. Quoting new business. 21% of them want to spend their time quoting new business now. 26% of them want to spend their time quoting new business in 2020. 9% of them want to spend their time prospecting now, but 16% of them want to spend their time prospecting for new clients. This, this report is so all over the board, it's ridiculous. I mean, really, it's not even making sense. I, I, I don't even know if they understood what the questions were. Because in one part, they're saying the roles are emerging, uh, are, are merging, and we've got producers spending more time doing customer service work. The CSRs not doing the service work and are coming over and doing the sales, but yet they want the online method to be the client to service themselves. But yet they're also saying that they want to spend less time retaining clients, yet less time responding to service needs, and they want to spend more time quoting business and more time prospecting. I, I'm confused. I really don't know. You don't need to be if you are though. No matter what this report says, keep prospecting and you will be successful. That's what you want to need know. And it even says here that the IA, IA's desire by 2020 is to have 31% of the agents out there anticipate that the CSRs will spend even more time writing new business in 2020. What in the world are the producers going to be doing? I just keep seeing that. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? Agencies will need to continue to merge responsibilities to support growth without compromising retention or customer service. I don't get that. Technology will be vital to accomplish this by reducing and even eliminating time needed for essential but repetitive tasks such as ordering ID cards, answering routine policy and billing inquiries. Okay, then what are they doing then? Because that's like 90% of the service work we get here. So I guess they're saying that this servicing will be like selling. I guess it'd be upselling and cross-selling and I mean I, I don't I don't know I don't know I think this is a great report and this is not on Safeco I think it has to do with the people who answered these questions I don't know if they knew what they were actually doing or it's like hey that sounds good let me click that one uh, it just really blew my mind it really did what was also amazing is you're going to find out that majority of the people who answered these questions have agency revenues of 2.5 million or more but yet at the beginning, I told you 75% of the industry is 500,000 in revenue or less. So it's, it's, this is even saying that the bigger agencies then, 
like don't believe in producers like going out and actually selling. It seems like everything is turning into service work. That's fine, folks, but somebody's got to make the sales. I promise. I, I'm not. I'm. I, this is good news for me, as I said. Okay, how agents plan to grow in the next five years? Here's one. Oh my gosh. Okay, however, it's encouraging to see that the importance of IA's place on the power of adding new digital capabilities, investing in marketing and researching and reaching out to new market segments is important. Yes, it is. How agents plan to grow in the next five years? Number one, increasing cross sales. 78% say that that's the number one way they're going to grow in the next five years. Increasing cross sales. That's not bad. I will say that. Cross-selling is good. It builds retention, yada, yada, yada. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just kind of saying that if you expect to grow your agency, that's how your growth is going to come, that's fine. Just, just keep on down that road. Keep on. See, that's that 80-20 thing. That's what 80% of them are going to do. The 20% will be the ones that are going to knock it out of the ballpark. Uh, new lead sources. 50% of them are going to have new lead sources. So where are those new lead sources coming from? If it's not the yellow pages or it's not picking up the phone and calling somebody or if it's not out there knocking on the doors, folks, you're not going to make a ton of money with new lead sources coming off of your LinkedIn and your Facebook ads. There's even a great article out there that's talking about the downside and the effect of actually Google showing less effectiveness because so many people are used to selling, they are, are used to searching online, they're feeling overwhelmed with the amount of information. Great article. I wish I need to find that article. I thought that was a good one. I think Bill Wilson uh, shared it on LinkedIn. Adding new producers, 50% of them plan to grow in the next five years by adding new producers. I agree emphatically. That is the number one way to grow, especially if you look back at all the other sales uh, Safeco reports. The, the, the agencies that are growing by 30% are all hiring two or more producers a year. It's the number one way to grow. What's amazing is though, is 50% of these agencies are gonna hire producers and they're gonna put them more in customer service roles because that's, remember, that's what it said earlier. So that's, that's a little confusing. New digital capabilities, mobile and chat. 48% of agencies feel as if they're planning to grow in the next five years by having new digital capabilities. Technology doesn't sell, folks. People sell, I promise. People sell. Increase marketing investment. I guess, okay? So I, I, I just, I guess. I guess increase marketing investment, 38%. New market segment, 71%. When asked to identify trends that might impact them in 2012, independent agents acknowledge consumer demand for online and mobile capabilities, yet as previously mentioned, more agents must be comfortable with customers managing certain aspects of their account online. Yes! So they all want these digital capabilities, but they don't want to allow the consumer to use them. That doesn't make any sense to me. Now, there's a lot of other st stuff that goes on here. And, and I think it's, it's actually pretty amazing when you look at some of this stuff. Uh, 
but I'm not going to keep on continuing on because I know this is 44 minutes long and already, and I'm going to try and go beyond this. But one of the things I thought that was very important in this agency that uh, I'm working with right now out of North Carolina, they have two Spanish speaking CSRs. And I was blown away over the last week of being there uh, how much how much influx of traffic they get from the Spanish community. And not only that, how great of clients those people are when you look at the numbers of retention. And that was amazing is that we kind of look at a lot of demographics and we think of the millennial population, but we don't realize today that the estimates there's about 55 million Hispanic people in this country, which makes up about 17% of the population. And by the year 2044, they will be the majority not majority, more people, more Hispanics than whites. And when you look at actually by the year 2027, according to this article I'm looking at online here, the uh, African Americans, the Asians, and the Hispanics by 2027 will be the majority. There will be more of them than whites. So that is another thing that I think that we're very shallow sided on, especially with the smaller agencies that are in rural communities. We're not realizing that there are other market segmentations other than just people and their age. Segmentations of race are a very, very big factor that we need to be looking at. And, and that's what they were saying in Safeco here is that that's what they saw a lack of importance on. Um, so that, that was very, very, um, also, it said um, agency valuations. I, th I encourage everybody out there to get, I'm gonna, in the next year, I'm gonna get an agency valuation. I really am. In the next year, I'm gonna get one. I think they're probably around $2,000 to $2,500. But what's amazing is, as I've been buying agencies lately, I'm really amazed at what agency valuations are coming out at. Folks, it's not two times revenue. I think we're gonna start to see that move away from that. Um, it's not three times revenue. It's not 1.5 revenue. The fact is, it's not a multiplier of revenue. When you look at business valuations, we're looking at an agency right now that has about 350,000 in uh, new business revenue. And they've been steadily growing. And this is this is a young guy who's trying to get out of the industry. And he's, for other reasons, he wants to be an IT and a project manager and stuff like that. And he's had his agency now for a little over 12 years. He's in his 30s and he's wanting to get out. He's had nice, steady 15, 17% growth over the last five, six, seven years. And what's amazing is, is when we look at it and we say, okay, this agency's probably worth, okay, what would it be? Let's just say a two times multiplier. So it's worth $700,000, maybe 650, maybe 800,000. It's right in there. He's got some pretty big contracts with some pretty cool companies. What's funny is, is when we're going and having the, the business valuations done, none of them are coming back more than $500,000. This, this guy's cash flowing. This guy's taking out dividends because he's, he's, he's generating a ton of profit. He's got a nice little marketing budget. He's got steady, great retention. None of the business valuations are coming back more than $500,000. And I think that you're gonna start to see this more and more as we start and we start becoming smarter in business and start realizing that, wait a minute, Business valuations are not just based on that. There's EBITDA out there, which is a huge thing. Earnings before income taxes. Okay, so, and then, uh, what was that A? What the heck is A? Gosh darn it. <sighs> For the last two weeks, I've been sitting here looking at this damn term and trying to figure out how, and EBITDA does work a lot better when determining actual the value, and it's revenue before all that stuff. Uh, so, gosh. 
Oh my gosh, I cannot believe I cannot remember the name of this. It is really going to make me mad. Oh my gosh, I cannot remember the name of this. And that's why I'm looking it up right now. So what I think, I think that really what needs to be um, amortization, that's what it is. Earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. My goodness, that was going to drive me nuts. Sorry to uh, actually pause the podcast there for a minute. But there's a lot of other things that I want you to look at. The demographics here, which was amazing, is is that 51% of these people were principals and owners. Uh, 25% of them were producers. 12% were customer service reps and account managers were 12%. The main people who it was pretty much male to female was pretty much even when, when looking at this. 8% were under 35, 7% were 35 to 39, so that means 15% of them roughly were millennials answering this. 10% were 40 to 44, 13% were 45 to nine, uh, 49. And so 13, uh, so basically, the more than half of them were 45 to 65 plus were answering this. So I thought that was amazing because what is what I really feel is this, if we're talking about the agents of 2020, I think you are getting a good look at people who still will be in the industry. But I also think that that upper echelon of, of years don't necessarily understand the youth and the millennial today like they think they do. Most of them say the millennials are, are lazy and I'm telling you what, I found that to be farthest from the truth. So I encourage you to look at this. What is also amazing is when you look at um, almost, almost over 25, right at 75% of people that answered these had a million dollars of revenue or more and over 50, well, 49% had revenues of two and a half million or more. Uh, 24% of them had revenues of 5 million or more. So I don't know if that was necessarily a great dynamic. I really don't. I, I would be interested in taking this and segmenting it out. And, and I would like to see what those, uh, let's see, what those 25% that were a million dollars or less in revenue, what were their answers? You know, sometimes, sometimes I think we need to look at if 75% of the industry is 500,000 or less, then I think we could really dictate where we're going when we would get more of their answers than of those who are two and a half million in revenue or more. So I, I, here's, here's, here's what I say. What I say to you is I say, thank you for taking your time. I know this was a long one. It was 51 minutes, almost 52 minutes is where we're at now. But that's what we do here at Agents Influence. So you've probably paused this a couple times. Thanks for staying through it. But here's what I want you to know. The Safeco report tells me that there is less emphasis being put on prospecting and sales. There is nothing more important for an agency to do than to prospect. There's nothing. There's nothing. If you prospect like a madman and you never answer the phone for service issues, you will still be more successful than the person who answers the phone every time. Now, I know I'm getting a little bit wild there, but what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to illustrate something to you. This is becoming a lost art in this industry, and it's prospecting. There's nothing more important than prospecting in this industry. 
in 2020, in 2025, in 2030, there will be nothing more important than prospecting. You're not going to write blogs. You're not going to create a great website. You're not going to be able to SEO and optimize your agency's website and be able to consider that your main source of prospecting. You're going to have to get out there and get eyeball to eyeball with people. You're actually going to have to shake their hands, have a conversation with them. All of you millennials, please understand what I'm telling you. There are agents out there that are making a ton of money just sitting in their office getting online leads. But I also want to tell you they're spending a ton of money. It's been that way since the beginning of this industry, and at least for as far as I can see, it's going to continue to be sales and prospecting is what is going to grow your agency. You have to grow your agency. Sitting still or growing by five to six to 10% is not going to be acceptable. There's going to be technology that should be used to help take the servicing off of your staff so that you can sell and prospect more. This has been Jason Cass with Agents Influence Podcast. Sale and prospect and you'll be successful. But first, tell me your thoughts and tell me your ideas and I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. I'm out. Hey agents, listen to this, listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it, think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you gotta do is you gotta admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com, check out what we do, because we do all those bad things that you can't do, really. And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good, or you don't even want to do them anymore, because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that, and give us a call. I'm telling you, at Virtual Intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high-quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in, what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee? Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60-second commercial. But you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high-quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you, and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland, and we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to ten carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.